You're listening to the Exhibitionist Podcast, brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and Pro Extra, a wholly owned division of 12 Man Solutions Limited. Hi, and welcome to the sixth installment of the Exhibitionist, the podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in, and we are delighted to have you with us. Well, we are racing into Christmas, it seems now, and just two weeks today, I think we will all be sitting down around our turkey dinners and hopefully getting some time from a little bit of rest and respite from the stresses and strains of trade show planning. So I hope your Christmas planning isn't going too badly. This week for us, it's all been about international, and coming up on our episode today is an interview with John Jenkinson from the UK Department for International Trade. We recorded that session with John a couple of months ago now, And actually, we got a chance to meet up with him again this week, and we're just chatting around everything that's happened this year in terms of export and international and everything that's coming up next year. And of course, the dreaded B word did come up a few times, and who knows where that will end up. But what we do know is that in times of uncertainty for businesses, people more than ever like to retreat into the safety and the trust of face-to-face and actually talking to people rather than just screens. So whatever comes for all of us in the turbulent few months that we've got ahead, I think the one thing we can all be absolutely certain about is that trade shows and face-to-face connections are going to be more important than ever. We were also chatting to a new client this week about their aspirations to take their business international and to invest in some trade shows overseas. And where on earth do you start? Do you start with the market that gives you the biggest opportunity, but that might not be English speaking, so that can create quite a lot of problems? Or do you go for an English speaking market where actually it might be easier for you to really talk about your proposition and help customers understand what you do to solve their problems, but might not necessarily be the right show for you? So it's been a really interesting week struggling with all of those dilemmas and different challenges that come up when you start to think about going international. So John's conversation coming up, I know, will be of really great help to anybody who's done a few things in the UK or their domestic market and are now maybe thinking about branching out and looking at a trade show overseas. So Steve, just thinking about that, what were the things that came to light for you this week as we've been uh, talking global with various people in the trade? Well, my first global shout out is for Pascal Fintoni. I went on one of his workshops uh, recently on how to create and sustain good video content and how that can build your audience and build your business, which is very relevant in the exhibition world. So thank you, Pascal. And if anyone gets the chance, I would definitely recommend getting on one of his courses. This week, um, I'll actually be at the... Northeast Business and Innovation Centre in Sunderland for an event that is hosted by DIT and it's going to be exploring how Northeast businesses can exploit Expo 2020 in Dubai. This is going to be the world's largest expo uh, lasting about six months and is expected to bring together many of the world's largest companies. As the first world expo in the Middle East and Africa and South Asia Expo 2020 Dubai will give participants an unrivaled opportunity to access a region of more than 3.2 billion people with a collective GDP of more than $6.5 trillion. The UAE's role as a leading international business hub will bring businesses closer to the world's largest emerging markets, with Africa's booming commercial sector, 
India's growing consumer class and China's established industries and new Silk Road, all within easy reach. This is going to be a great opportunity to find out how to foster international relationships and create new business opportunities for you and your business. We see this as a brilliant opportunity for ourselves as well. We're going to be scoping out opportunities for our clients and potential clients in the future who can benefit from Dubai 2020 and for our own interests, scoping out the already active global players um, who wish to explore the opportunities in the UK. And we can act as facilitators to enable them to access the UK market through exhibitions and other trade events. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be at that uh, session on Tuesday uh, about Dubai 2020, but I cannot wait to hear all about the fantastic opportunities that are in store for some great regional companies to get out and sell their story in what's going to be one of the biggest events of the year in, uh, in 2020. So anybody who wants to have a chat about what they can do and how they can really nail their proposition at that show, then please do get in touch. So, as I've mentioned, we're talking to John Jenkinson today about all things international. John is a fantastic resource for support and advice, as are any of the ITAs who are involved. That's International Trade Advisors uh, with the UK Department for International Trade, and they have people all over the world who can help you. So, coming up is a taste of what DIT can offer from John, so we hope you find this useful. In this edition of The Exhibitionist, the podcast... We're going to be talking about taking your trade show global with international trade advisor John Jenkinson, who works for the northern region of the Department for International Trade. So welcome to the show, John. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Before we get into sharing your advice, can you just give us a little bit of background on your experience of working in the export market? Sure. Um, So as you kindly introduced, um, I'm an international trade advisor here in the northeast region. Um, I, prior to coming to work for the Department for International Trade, I worked in the private sector, um, mainly in tech and web development. Um, I then since moved um, to China, where I studied and worked there for a period of time, and, and I've since moved back to the UK. So I'm now the China specialist for the Northeast region, and I, and I cover a certain um, geographical area, helping companies break into new markets overseas. And I believe, building on that, that you are a fluent speaker of Chinese. Uh, yes, that's correct. I can speak um, Mandarin to a, to, to a um, standard where people can understand me. <laughs> um, and I can read and write as well. Um, so it's just one of the things that I um, decided to do when I was um, working and studying out there. But we'll try and stick to English today. <laughs> that's fine by me. <laughs> so, John, starting at the very beginning, many SMEs who are starting to think about export understand the opportunities, but are really scared about some of the risks. What are some of the benefits that businesses can enjoy from exporting? Sure. And I'd just like to say, I fully understand that, that um, trepidation, you know, that people look at exporting, I think when they're first starting, and can see it as a real potential challenge. And of course there are challenges along the way, but it is um, something that is achievable and that most people can do. Um, in terms of how it would help a business to export, um, a great example would be there's just potential for more customers. Um, so whereas you're based in the UK and you're focusing on your domestic um, market, there's a whole host of other potential customers and clients that are in overseas markets. Um, so there's the, a chance for financial gain there. Um, 
Companies can also extend the, I guess, the, the commercial shelf life of their product, if you like. Um, so a, a product that may be winding down here in the UK might find a new lease of life in another market somewhere else. Um, you can also avoid any seasonal challenges. So if your product um, sells well here in the UK during the summer months and not so well in the winter, um, it might be beneficial to go overseas and find another summer market um, where, you could, where you could sell your product all year round. Um, and it's also a great PR opportunity. Um, when people hear of, of companies exporting overseas, you know, um, all around the world, uh, local press and, and, and other businesses, sorry, take an interest in that. Um, so it's, so it's a, a whole host of things really that can contribute um, to, to the benefit of your business. So the benefits definitely seem worth it despite some of the risks. But how do trade shows and exhibitions help businesses build their export plan? Well, the trade shows and exhibitions are a part of a, of a very much wider plan that you should um, put into place whenever you're considering exporting overseas. Um, but they're a very crucial part of that plan, I feel. Um, with a trade show or an exhibition, you can get a real feel for the market and quite instantly be connected to a lot of people over a very short period of time. Um, obviously there's some preparation that would take place before you attended any trade show um, but there are certainly some benefits to visiting a trade show and down the line exhibiting at a trade show. If we have listeners then who are thinking they're ready to export, they've done some UK trade shows, they're really comfortable knowing how to run a trade show in their domestic market, what are the sort of things that will be different that they need to start to think about before exhibiting at an international show? Before exhibiting at an international trade show, I would first visit an international trade show. So if you have a, a trade show in mind that you think would be perfect um, for your product or service, um, first go as a visitor, um, see how they do things. Certainly a lot cheaper that way. Um, in the first instance, you do some quick and easy reconnaissance. Uh, you can walk the floor, you can speak to people, you can ask traders of their experiences, if, if, especially if they've been going to the trade show um, or the for a number of years or they've been in the past or, or how they feel as a, a new exhibitor. So you can do a lot of due diligence around the trade show and, and also you can gauge quite quickly the, the kind of um, attendees that would traditionally attend that kind of a show. Um, and so in that way, it's a really good um, preparation point to first visit. Um, once you've visited a trade show, um, and you feel it's suitable for you, then you would get all the preparation and planning around uh, exhibiting. It's such a great point on research. It's a costly error if you exhibit at the wrong show in your domestic market. But if you end up at the wrong show overseas, it can be even more expensive. Definitely, definitely. Why, why pay for you and all of your uh, logistical costs and cargo and staff costs when uh, it could just be one person up front at first rather um, doing the rounds? <laughs> It's a really interesting point you make about kit and logistics. We work with a lot of exhibitors in the UK who tell us they really struggle getting their people and equipment and their products and samples just to the right UK venue on time. So how on earth do you go about getting organised to get it to a venue overseas? That's a really great question. And I think um, companies can find it daunting at first. Um, and certainly in my preparation for trade shows and trade shows past, um, I too found that question quite daunting, especially when entering a new market. Um, 
when approaching a trade show for the first time, your best first point of call is to speak to the trade show organizers or, or go on their website, look at their information page and find the nominated freight forwarder for the show um, or an associate partner. Using the nominated freight forwarder for the trade show means that often they will know exactly the right kind of documentation that you need to get your products into the market and also what kind of um, products are usually being shipped to that kind of trade show. So it's very easy to get a hold of expertise quite quickly. Um, and because usually trade shows, especially if they've been going for a few years, um, usually keep the same partner, that whole process is, is uh, streamlined um, and they know exactly how to get your goods from A to B. Another really good point and building on what you've said, we often hear criticism from exhibitors who tell us that the nominated freight forwarders can look quite expensive and that someone they can get locally can often be cheaper. But actually, sometimes you end up paying more in the long run to sort out the problems that a cheaper courier has caused for you rather than using the nominated supplier in the first place. Well, yes, that's that's also very true. So a cheaper freight forwarder is sometimes brilliant and sometimes you will fall upon a, a freight forwarder that has a, a great deal and they're, and they're really good to work with. However, sometimes... Um, a cheap price can also um, come at a, at a cost further down the line. Um, one example I would give is that some freight forwarders would just ship to the market, to the port, and then it would be up to you to physically get your goods from the port to the show. Um, so that's kind of a hidden extra cost that sometimes companies don't think about. Another, uh, I guess, pitfall of maybe going with a with a cheaper courier without first doing due diligence is um, sometimes they might not be fully aware of all the documentation required to get into that market. Um, I had an example previously working um, with a client where unfortunately the freight forwarder did not fill in all the requirements needed and didn't fill in all of the documentation and as a result um, their products were stopped in port um, and impounded just prior to the show. Um, so it really helps to first contact the freight forwarder nominated by the trade show and also if you are going to go with the third party which is perfectly acceptable please make sure that you do um, your due diligence either by engaging with the freight forwarder um, over the phone or face-to-face or by speaking to any of their clients or, or people who have already attended the show. So I think that's the logistics covered. But one of the other areas that exhibitors can be quite concerned about is language and whether they need to have learned the language of the country that they're exhibiting in and what the expectations are. So what would your advice be in terms of language and when to use translators? Um, another good question I would say, obviously, learn Chinese as soon as you can. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I think it's important to at least know a little bit of the language. I would not, if you're going to an international trade show, by and by, the language is English on the floor. Um, no matter which country you go to, English, most people can default to, to, to English in some way, shape, or form. And I would not advise getting all of your staff trained up you know, in whatever language you were going, uh, whichever language, which market you were going into. However, um, it is important to at least learn a little bit of the language um, of the market that you're wishing to enter, I feel. 
And there's a number of reasons for that. First and foremost, it, it helps put people at ease. Um, so if you're talking to potential clients and, and distributors, it helps put people at ease and it also makes people feel comfortable and like you've made a bit of an effort here and a little bit of an effort in, in trying to get to know them and to get to know their market. Um, I know for me personally, um, we have some some regional uh, dialect words here in Newcastle. And if someone outside of Newcastle was to, to repeat them, um, you obviously build up a rapport quite quickly. And it's the same It's the same with languages. I've experienced that all over the world. Um, I think languages are incredibly important. Um, not only does it help you build a rapport with people, but also just getting to and from the show, um, saying um, hello and being able to direct a taxi driver with left, right over there when, you, when you're going through rush hour traffic to get to the show on time. Um, all these kind of things can really contribute to an overall positive experience. Um, further down the line, if you're exhibiting in a, and you're in a position where you would be doing deals on the day, um, which for some sectors is, is acceptable, um, then if you're getting down to the nitty gritty and, and contracts, then it would be um, of the utmost importance to get an interpreter to review that, um, especially to review those initial meetings. Um, when using an interpreter, most international trade shows will have a provision, again, a delivery partner that would be able to supply one. Some companies will come with their own interpreter, maybe, especially if they know that you're a UK company um, and, and they, the, the decision makers don't particularly feel confident communicating in business English. Um, if that's the case, by all means, use that, use their interpreter, but don't, um, don't make any final decisions because um, at the end of the day, the, the, the interpreter is, um, is being paid by that company. And so it's important to have your, I guess, your own expertise and someone who is knowledgeable about your products and services, but also knows um, the kind of deals you're looking for. So it's important to have someone on your side. So I presume if you're translating your literature, an online automated translation program isn't the most effective solution? Um, so automated translation is, um, can be very useful for some, uh, for some work. However, if you're going to, um, translate maybe a, a technical manual or some marketing information, it's always good to get a real life, um, translator working on the project. Um, it's, it, it can avoid some um, errors and mistakes, and it's always good to have another set of eyes to check over any translation that you've made. Um, so I would suggest going to a translation firm and working with them to have the materials that you need translated into um, the target language. Um, and and with, with the caveat that you don't need to translate everything. You just need the information um, that you need for the trade show translated um, and have that reviewed um, by someone who's fluent in that language. Great advice once again. I'm wondering though if some exhibitors once they get on a plane or a train and, and head off overseas it can be quite tempting to get into holiday mode maybe have a few beers in the bar relax with a swim in the pool enjoy the city they're in but they're there to do business and having made a huge investment how do they avoid the temptations and really get the most out of the events that they're going to? Um, that's, an, an, again, another good question. Um, when you're right, you're totally right. When people get on a plane, 
usually you would get on that plane you would like to think hopefully to go on holiday um, and so likewise um you, your brain kind of switches into I'm, I'm on holiday mode but it's it's completely the opposite if anything when you attend a trade show um, sometimes it can be more um physically and emotionally and mentally draining than it can doing your day day-to-day nine-to-five job um and so what i would suggest is um sending people to a trade show, make sure that they're fully invested in what it is you're trying to do. Um, training is crucial beforehand um, to really set the scene and to really um, set the mindset of the people who you're sending to the trade show. Um, it's, it's certainly, from my experience, not a holiday. Um, and so for people to go in and treat it as such um, is a disservice to your business and also to any potential outputs that you could get from that, uh, from exhibiting. So, John, without naming any guilty parties, over your years of experience and visiting international trade shows, what would be your top do's and don'ts for exhibitors? <laughs> um, well, I can name one guilty party myself. One of the first trade shows I went to, I went in very, very smart dress shoes and, <laughs> and walked the floor for about three days. Um, as a result, uh, my feet didn't forgive me for about the next two months, I think. Um, if possible, wear something smart but comfortable. You know, you, it's, it's, pragma- it's pragmatic, but you, you look, you're on your feet for a long time. Um, some trade shows can be um, hangers and hangers of, of exhibitors. And as such, you need to make sure you're in a position to walk those miles that you do every day or stand those hours that you need to stand for. So comfort is key. Um, if possible. I would also suggest um, thoroughly doing your prep work beforehand. Um, If you know um, who is going to be exhibiting, targeting those that you're going to exhibit. Um, Obviously, you can walk the floor, but walking the floor takes time. And if you know who you're going to see before you get there, it can make things a lot easier. Um, I would also um, be training any staff I was to take out there and doing regular um, meetings prior to the show to lay out the show objectives, what you hope to achieve, and then critically what you're looking um, to action once you get back from back from the trade show. Um, while at the trade show, I would also say um, that you must man your stand at all times, which seems obvious, um, but sometimes through lack of resource, sometimes people only have one person on the stand. And when that person uh, goes for the inevitable lunch break or convenience break, a potential opportunity can be missed. And so if possible, there should at least be two people on your stand um, at all times to cover for each other. It is, um, if you're approaching a trade show correctly, it is a very long day. Um, You're on your feet, you're speaking to a lot of people, um, and you will need to, to kind of rely on those around you to make things work. Fantastic advice today. Thanks, John. And more importantly, really, really useful things for anybody thinking about exhibiting overseas. Building on that, how can the Department for International Trade in general help businesses who are starting to think about exporting and see trade shows as being part of their plan? Sure. So the Department for International Trade can help companies um, who are on that export journey in a number of ways. And I think the first point of call for any company to be to get in touch with their uh, local international trade advisor through their regional office. Um, all regional office numbers are, are listed on the government website and you can get in touch with an advisor who will sit down with you and, and map out an export plan and even act as a sounding board when it comes to trade shows. 
Um, we also have access to a wide network of, of DIT employees through the through chambers, um, through embassies, consulates, high commissions around the world, and we can um, engage with them and get a wide range of expertise for, for any company that's looking to attend an overseas trade show. We also have, prior to the show, we have the Exporting is Great website, which has whole sections full of useful information that a company could read in sections that will help them prepare to attend a trade show. We also have the trade show access. So the trade show access program is a Department for International Trade initiative designed to help companies exhibit overseas. Um, we release a list um, every few months that details the list of supported trade shows that, um, D that DIT trade show access program funding will support. Um, if, you're, if the trade show that you would like to attend is on that list, um, there is a contact also listed there and you'll be able to get in touch with them and ask them about um, potential funding towards exhibition, uh, exhibiting space and exhibitions. Um, and I would highly recommend that anyone looking to attend an international trade fair to first check that list to see if there's any funding available. Um, so we have the advice and support, we have the online learning, we have funding, we have our contacts um, and our colleagues overseas, um, and there's a whole network and, and other programs in, in different regions designed to help companies export successfully. Brilliant. And we've run workshops in association with the Department for International Trade, and we've seen firsthand the support which is available. And it's just phenomenal in helping businesses who are feeling anxious about taking those first steps to build their confidence, to make sure that the proposition's right for the market that they're looking to enter, and make sure they're as prepared as they possibly can be to be successful. It's been great speaking to you today, John, but who else do you think would have some interesting stuff to say about trade shows and exhibitions for a future podcast? Ooh, um, I personally would be looking to, inter to interview any, any new SME who's just come back from a trade show um, to see what their experiences are like firsthand after, after doing it for the first time. Um, I would also be interested to hear the opinions of um, perhaps a, a more seasoned company that has been doing trade shows for a number of years. And, and it would be interesting to see the contrast there and to see what they focus on and to what they feel is the most, um, most useful and appropriate information to share. So once again, thanks for all your help and support today, John. Some really useful and inspiring information there and good luck for everything in the future. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. So some fantastic advice there from John for anybody who has exhibited in their domestic market and is thinking of going global. And on that note, if anyone is considering exhibiting outside of their home market, but they're just not sure where to go, that is something we can help you with. So whether you're an international listener, which we know we have some out there. So thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are around the world. If you're wanting to come to the UK and start on your export journey into our country then give us a shout and we can have a look at what's on offer in the UK and do some research on where it would be best for you to exhibit and equally if you're a UK based company and looking at where you could exhibit to overseas but again not sure which show is going to be the best one for you we'd be more than happy to help you by going and visiting some of those shows having a look at who the exhibitors and the visitors are and working out where's going to be best for you to achieve your strategic aims so good luck with everybody going from domestic to global 
So that's it from us for 2018. Thank you for listening in as we've launched our podcast series. It's been great speaking to all the panelists and the guests that we've had on so far. We can't wait to talk to more exciting people in 2019. And we'll be starting that with uh, looking at freight forwarding and logistics. So keeping on with the global theme and also involving some more people around training and actually at the stand event. So how do you make the most when you start that conversation with a visitor when they come to your stand? So all that's left for us to say for this year is we hope you have a fantastic and peaceful Christmas. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for everybody we've worked with this year and everybody that we've interacted with who's given us advice and inspiration. We are constantly learning. So a very Merry Christmas to you all. And a Merry Christmas from the Bearded One. And for those that do know me and those that have checked us out on the website, you know that this beard is going to be very busy for up until the 25th. Yeah, I'm uh, just looking forward to when we can walk down the street and we don't have small children staring at Steve thinking he's actually Santa Claus. So have a fantastic Christmas, enjoy some time with your families, and we wish you all the very best for a very prosperous and exciting 2019. If you'd like more information about our book, The Exhibitionist, future podcasts and newsletters, please remember to pop over to inspiringexhibitors.com where you'll be able to find all the relevant information. Once again, thank you for listening.